Hello and welcome to the Swan Song Project podcast. My name is Ben Buddy Slack and I'm the founder of the Swan Song Project. We're a charity that helps people face into their lives to write and record their own original songs. These podcasts feature a range of songwriters and we talk about music and bereavement. This episode features Mark Whiteside, also known as One Sided Horse, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, today I'm here with One Sided Horse. Thanks for joining me. No problem. Yeah, doing well. Thanks, doing well. I appreciate your time. No Um, problem. So if anyone's seen these uh, podcasts before, doing three sections. First, uh, my guest is going to share with us one of their songs. Tell us a little bit about how they wrote that. Uh, Section two, I'm going to ask Max to share with us a a songwriting tip that might be useful for new songwriters. And then section three, we're going to talk about a song that's meaningful uh, to my guest in some way relating to bereavement. So I'm going to hand you over now. Do you want to uh, introduce this this song for us? Yeah, this um, this track that I've um, that I sent you uh, the other day. Um, basically, it's a, it's a new song that I've been working on. Um, it's not really got a title at the moment, but um, we'll we'll call it Out of Time just for working a working title. And um, I've been writing a few songs in lockdown. I've been doing it, even though I've been working I've been sort of like igniting things writing a few new ideas down I recorded an album a couple of years ago um, with the lads from Embrace which are uh, the lads from Yorkshire um, and obviously I've not seen them for a bit but I've been um, just getting some new ideas together and this is just like a song that I've been working as I say for the last week or so um, I mean lyrically out of time it's, it's really about when you feel that um, you may have had something together with somebody or sort of you've wanted something with somebody and they've wanted it with you and you realize that it's not really happening it's not going to work out and you feel that at that point you're out of time basically you've not got anything else you can do in the time scale that you've got so it could be as in getting together or just seeing them again or whatever so i was trying to get this sort of pattern out of time out of step out of tears so you know that you've you're literally, you've cried enough about it. Out of years, which, are, which is one of the main lines of it. Out of years, or out of years. I know I've counted them, or out of years. It's basically, you feel that you've done it for so long. You just haven't got any time left to sort of get, get together. Or, or, you know, whether it's romantically or just as a friend. It's just, you've really exhausted all the avenues, really. And that's what it's really about, the song. Needed. 
Yeah, great stuff so that was uh out of time is the working title so it might change over yeah, time we're saying i think i think that i think the title will be in the chorus it usually is but um to be honest with you um i tend to find that you know not always when i put a title which is the song or in the song it could just be you know i've got a song called song from the outside which is nothing to do with the actual lyrics it's just it's just a song that i feel that describes the song really you know so yeah. that one I say out of time, but it may change. Cool. And um, so, what else can you tell us about writing? You told us a little bit beforehand about the kind of themes of it. Did you um, was there like 
did you have the idea or with the lyrics first or do you go with the music to, first or? yeah I, when i write songs i tend to i tend to have lots of lyrical ideas so i will you know have a little notepad listen to things even things on television anything that i've heard around me i'm sure a lot of people do the same thing but you know people say things to you or you hear things at work or whatever it is and you just think oh that's interesting i'll write that down so i tend to just i'm always writing lyrics down people say my lyrics are always either you know sad or lonely or whatever but i like to feel the more hopeful mm. you know they tend to always have like a sort of if, if people listen to the songs even though some people might think, yeah, they're sort of a bit sort of down or they're a bit sort of like, you know, uh, melancholic, something like that. I always feel that they're not really, they're sort of more sort of hopeful or, you know, they always have a little twist in them that means that, yes, you know, you may be missing someone, but there's either a reason or there's a, there's a refrain or something that brings you back around again. But yeah, songwriting wise, I tend to write a lot of lyrics and then, you know, put music to it really. Or, you know, I don't tend to ever have, the music and then the lyric afterwards. I tend to do it the other way around, you know, get the words in my head, write the words, get some music to it, that type of thing. Mm. But myself, I mean, I've always been a drummer, really. I play in other bands and I do a lot of drums for people, session drummers and things like that, you know, session drumming for different albums. Uh, you know, not famous people, but just people I've known. And um, I've only really been writing songs, as in guitar-wise, for sort of maybe four or five years so this is a late thing for me, really, like playing guitar and, and being more like a, a, a singer, if you want to say singer songwriter, that type of thing. You know, usually I'm sat at the back, but um, for this thing, obviously, I'm, whether I'm on my own or with a group of musicians, it is a bit different for me to be at the front. So over the last four or five years, I've sort of developed my code knowledge up from about four to about six, <laughs> you know, so, but you know, I don't feel that you need lots of chords to write good songs, so. You know, sometimes yeah. I know people who maybe write too many chords and then sometimes I feel the song can suffer a bit because they try to fit the melody into lots of chords. Whereas with me, I try to keep the chords simple and let the melody sit over it. Well, I feel the more, I mean, more easy to listen to somehow, you know. Yeah, yeah. What inspired to, you to um, start writing stuff and, you know, come from the drums to the front and how have you found yeah. it so far? Like uh, Doing a Phil Collins, basically. Yeah. No, <laughs> What it was is, um, as I said, I've always, ever since I was little, I've always drummed. I've been in bands for many years. And, um, you know, I've worked with a lot of great singers and great songwriters. And, uh, you know, I've, I just thought one day, not so much that I wanted to be this person at the front. I just thought I'd give it a go. So I bought a guitar and just, you know, sat on the bed like anyone would do, developed some chords up, thought, let's have a go at writing a song. And, you know, I wrote a couple of ideas, basic ideas. Um, it was really just so I could see myself if I could do it really more than anything. And I see, people seemed to enjoy what I was doing. You know, I didn't do many gigs. I only did a couple of little gigs, sort of local things. And then um, luckily for another band that I was in, I met the bass player, Steve Firth, through, who was the bass player in Embrace. And um, we got chatting about music and then we sort of developed, you know, a bit of a friendship sort of thing. And I played in some songs and we took it from there. It was, you know, it was a, for me, it was a big thing to actually meet up with a, you know, a band who had a lot of hits and traveled the world and things. And from being like nothing in like singer songwriter terms, never done anything to sort of jump into that area with, you know, working with them sort of lads. It was an amazing situation, you know, and the album that I said we made, you know, a lot of people like that album. Um, it takes the songs up to another level. You know, when I play them on my own, they're quite 
chilled out, you know, just me sat there with acoustic guitar. With the band, it's obviously a bit more, there's a bit more umph about them. Yeah, you know? yeah. And what's, what's that album called? Is that one that's available that's, on you? Um, yeah, that's called, um, that's called Between Light and Space. So there you go, that's the album. Oh, nice. I thought, I thought I'd put a little plug in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the album. Um, it, it's on vinyl and it's on CD. We haven't got many vinyls left. It's sold quite well on vinyl. Um, but it is on Spotify. People can listen to it on Spotify. Uh, one Sided Horse, Between Light and Space. As I say, it's a bit more, it's a bit more anthemic. Um, than just me sat there with an acoustic guitar. But yeah, it's, um, it's, it's done well and people seem to like that album. Brilliant, good stuff. Yes, I encourage people to go and check that out. Um, let's yeah. move into section two now, shall we? This is where I ask my guests to share with us a tip for new songwriters. Um, so you got what tip would you like to share with, uh, with us, Mark? Well, I mean, you know, like, it's quite funny this. When, um, when you contact me about doing this, um, from a friend of you know, who I've been talking to recently, Andy, um, it was quite weird because, you know, when people say a shirt is about songwriting, I'm thinking, well, I'm not a great songwriter compared to, let's say, Neil Young's and your blah, blah, blahs, you know. But I suppose everyone has their own way of doing it, you know. And um, for me, I suppose a tip um, that I always feel is, I always feel that you should write a song that you can be a fan of yourself. Mm. So I always like to sing a song and think of it as someone liking it. I, if I like the song, then I hopefully feel that other people will like it as well. If I don't like it, I don't think you're, gonna, you're not going to portray it in the right way. You know, it's easy to do a song and think that'll do, blah, blah, blah. But for me, I think you should always feel that, what do your audience think? Would you enjoy listening to that song yourself? You know, um, always what I find to do with songs is, you know, practice them a lot, you know, I, I, I tend to do a strange thing, which is I do a lot of gigs to myself, which is imaginary gigs to an audience. So I try the songs out, not just playing them to myself, but thinking you're actually delivering them songs to people, you know. Yeah. Make the songs interesting. Always, I always think melody is the main thing, you know. I always think you can get away with some words that might be a bit possibly cheesy, it may be a bit obvious, you know, I love you, whatever it is. But without a strong melody or a hook, I don't think it's great. I think you need to keep it, you know, keep it simple, but keep it, you know, very sort of, um, I won't say catchy, but sort of, um, you know, with a strong melody that people can hook yeah. onto. Pleasing to the ear. <laughs> well, that's it, you know. Um, I, I mean, I did, I did write a list of um, things. I, I haven't got it with me, unfortunately. I should, have, I should have brought it, I should have it with me. A list of things that I tend to go through when I'm thinking about songwriting, you know, the do this, don't do that type of thing, you know, and um, there's lots of books on songwriting you can look at, obviously. And I think really you need to find your own area, you know, never be afraid to, you know, never be afraid to make a mistake, never be afraid to feel that, you know, the song, even if it's not right, that it's one of the best songs, you know, you know if you can show the confidence in your own music, I think people can pick that up, be honest about it. Honest performances, I always feel, you know, no matter how the song is going, be honest with yourself, you know, be honest with the people who are listening, you know, it's, it's, depends on what music you play, of course, you know, it, but I think for this sort of thing, if you're going to write songs that are, you know, fairly in my sort of area, which I suppose are more sort of like singer-songwriter love songs, let's say, I think they've got to have some sort of emotion, you know, otherwise people just want, they just want, not so much understand it, they just won't take it seriously, you know. 
and yeah. that's how I feel I write songs you know lots of you know lots of emotion lots of um I say not lots of chords but hopefully lots of melody and lots of sort of like um you know confidence basically mm. one thing I did say to Andy was always feel that when you're performing that you're doing a live aid you're doing a Freddie at live aid you're coming across that you know you're not you know that's your audience and you know, no, it's one person or 10,000 people. What would Freddie Mercury do? He would command that audience. And I think that's a good thing to do if you can yeah. do it, which is not very easy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. I like your idea of having the, um, the list of your do's and don'ts for songwriting. Uh, how can, how long a list is that? And um... it's not very long. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's only about, um, it's only about, like... I find it, let me just go and find, I'll find it quickly. So I've got it on my phone here actually okay. when, I sent it, when I sent it and um, I think it's it's just here it's just literal little things that I, I feel that is good for myself but possibly good for other people you know mm. to actually um, take on board just bear with me one second I'll get it. you can edit it this obviously so um, let me just get it for you where is it uh, sorry about this I put you on the spot a bit. <laughs> yeah, but it's an interesting. Um, I've done it occasionally with like individual songs. If I'm writing a particular type of song, then I might have like a list of like I want this song to do this, do this, do that. But I wouldn't. Yeah. Have, I don't have one that I do for every song. I kind of have like a different one each time, I guess. But but maybe there's something some things that I have unconsciously that I would try and do with every song, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, like I say, it's not necessarily every song, mm. every song I've ever written, you know. I mean, I've got quite a lot of songs now. I think I've got probably over 100 songs that I've in, oh, in wow. like a, a catalogue of songs that half finished, some have finished, um, you know, sort of that, that type of thing. And I go back to them and I, you know, tend to change them a lot, you know, like all people probably do, you know, um, just trying them, um, you know, develop them up. I mean, I'm struggling to find this. So if we right. if we carry on, I can, you know, I'll, I'll find it and then you can maybe edit it in. I don't know. Yeah, no worries, mate. Yeah, um, yeah, good stuff. Um, so we're moving to the third section, shall we? Uh, yeah, yeah. If, if, if we find the uh, the list, we'll come back to it later. Um, yeah, so no, this no, is where no. I ask um, ask my guests to choose a song that's meaningful to them in some way relating to bereavement. And what I do here is yeah, I, yeah. I put the link in the description. So if you're watching this and you're not familiar with the song, I'll ask Mike to introduce it in a moment. You can pause us here, uh, go listen to that song, come back and we're going to have a little bit of chat about it. So uh, what song did you choose for us, Mark? Well, the song that I chose is, is one of my favourite songs of all time. And there's two, there's really two versions of this song. There's the version on the first album that this man did, which was a bit more of a grandeur version. And there's also the version which I prefer, which is also the version that he prefers, I think, the piano version. The song is Here Comes the Flood by Peter Gabriel. And... Um, as I say, on the first album, it's got horns and strings and big guitars and drums. But on the, the album version, on the Shaking the Tree, the compilation album, or I think another album, he did it just with piano. Um, originally, he did it with piano with, the, with Robert Fripp on one of his albums, Robert Fripp album's Exposure. But, and then he did the same sort of version for himself. And I just feel it's a more honest version. I think it, it, it comes across better. And it's a song that when personal to me, when my father died I was only young my dad died. I was only 17 and um, just turned 17 and 
I was heavily into sort of Peter Gabriel, well, I still am, but I was into that sort of thing, 19, it was uh, 1982. And I just sort of got more into Peter Gabriel at the time. And that song, I just played it a lot. Now, it's not necessarily a song that's about bereavement or about anything like that, but it was just a song that I feel that, you know, I listen to a lot at night and, you know, lyrically, it could have a bit of that sort of feel about it, you know. Um, it could be about, you know, a feeling of loss or whatever, but it just really sort of meant something to that song. It always has, so that's why I've chosen it. Yeah, it's a great song. It's very powerful. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I kind of know what you mean of having certain songs that they might not necessarily be about bereavement, but they... I've got songs that I like. I go to whenever there's whenever something difficult's happening, not necessarily a bereavement or, but a, a yeah, heightened yeah. emotion thing. There's certain songs that I seem to go back to, like I'm drawn, like a magnet in a way. Is that kind of what it's like for you? <laughs> that it just kind of brings you back to it when you when you need it. Yeah, I mean another song. I mean that this is not the song that I've obviously chosen, but another one of those is uh, Prince's song. Sometimes it snows in April. That's another song that I feel has got that sort of similar feel. It's a different song. But it's got that same emotion. But I've chosen the Peter Gable song because I think it's you know it's up there. It's one, I think one of the best songs ever written. So yeah, it's really, it's I really put it in song. there. Yeah, great stuff. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for your time, Mark. I appreciate it. No problem. Uh, I'm sorry that I can't find that uh, um, that list. It's all right. It's, uh, <laughs> as I say, it's um, it's uh, it's on my phone usually, and it was in my documents, but I don't know why it's not there. It was things like you know, like I already said, you know. Um, you know be, be honest you know perform the song as you are a fan so playing the song as though you are not only performing it but also you are the listener as well you yeah. know that type of thing you know don't be don't be afraid of messing up if you're playing a live gig if you make a mistake you make a mistake you know sometimes some of my best gigs have been when i've made mistakes people seem to feel it's not perfect and there's a bit more affinity with you if you if you make yeah. the mistake and things you know definitely i think they're really good well, yeah, I think they're really good bits of advice. And I think the, um, I think yeah, practicing like you're performing is a really good one, and not being afraid to make mistakes. And and I really appreciate you, um, you know, sending us the song, which is is such a new one to you as well. Um, yeah, as I say, it's not finished. Um, I could have chosen a few different songs, but um, I just felt that you know about that song as. I just feel it's got a, a nice message, you know. I mean, oh, you could say it's not a nice message because you're sort of ending something and you're running out of time. But I think what to me, it makes me feel like don't waste time more than anything. You know, if you, if you feel there's something there that you should go, that's not just relationship terms, I mean in anything. If you yeah. feel like you, you're going to go for it, then don't waste the time because unfortunately time goes quick and you, you could end up losing it. So that's what it's about really. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. That's a great message and uh, a great song. Um, so yeah, thank no you for problem. your time, Mark. Um, I really appreciate yeah, it. it. And uh, encourage people to go and follow you. I'll tag, I'll tag you, your pages in the in this post so you can go follow one sided horse and um check out that album as well and you do yeah. it you see <laughs> sorry sorry i was gonna say you no, i was gonna say yeah you, you go <laughs> no i was gonna say i don't know when this goes out live or anything but um and it might have gone out live or before, it might go out after this weekend i don't know it probably will do but this weekend it's no good it'll gone now but i was doing um, a thing in salford that's a charity Gig, an online gig in Salford this this weekend with Peter Hutt on and Graham Nash and lots of different people. Um, but as I say, normally what I do a lot of is a lot of living room gigs. So in this room, I tend to do a, little, a lot of people do at the moment. You know, little Facebook live gigs and things, and I link that through a page I've got called Songs from the Living Room. So it's one-sided okay. or Songs from the Living Room. So I do a lot of them. Well, that's just what that was recorded from the last the, the little clip. 
great stuff. I'll tag that in as well so people can check that out and uh, yeah, no keep an eye on you. So yeah, thanks a lot for your time. I appreciate it. Excellent. And, um, I'll email you that list as well. And you yes, can have a look at do. it. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and, All right, uh, then. Yeah, thanks, Mike. And thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll be back with another episode soon. Thank you.